This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. All right, let me stop playing. You still going to respect the bird? In 2021, even though they're two and four. Now, against the Panthers, I told y'all that was a winnable game. I didn't believe in Sam Darnold, and I said, if we can block this pass rush, we'll be fine. And the Eagles are in every game because Jalen Hurts is able to evade the rush with his legs. I said that. And on defense, we were spectacular. We forced, what, four or five turnovers? Three Sam Darnold interceptions? Are you serious? The defense kept the Eagles in that game because the offense was trash, especially in the first half. They kept them in the game, man. Um, D-line was spectacular. I mean, this is how we're going to have to win sometimes. It's going to have to be ugly. I mean, the Eagles on offense, the only time they really did anything was against the Chiefs. I guess we, we just had a really good game plan against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs defense is whore. But I'll get to that later. I mean, the Birds beat the Panthers. Had me hype. You know, I was telling y'all to respect the Bird as usual. And I was looking good. But I knew that we were going to play the Buccaneers. And it just all was probably in a crash downhill. But I was like, you know what? I assumed we were going to lose that game all along. But I think about Monday, once I got home and settled, I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? Maybe we can win this game. I was thinking it was going to be just like the Chiefs game. I was going to be like, okay. I thought their defense was like a mix between the Chiefs and the Panthers. They got a vicious pass rush, but their secondary looks like the Chiefs. So I thought... You know, maybe we could still do something with that. I thought Jalen Hurts definitely was going to have his way with this defense if we could get the D-line blocked. But I forgot. The Eagles got really conservative play callers. The reason why they calling all these screens and and not enough runs and stuff, it's got to be what they seen in practice. Because I don't know what what this is, man. Or maybe every time we call something vertical, Jalen Hurts throws a jump ball. And that scares the hell out of the freaking coaches. That got to be it. Because I don't understand this play calling, especially in the first half. Like, the offense looks horrible the last two weeks. And it just makes Jalen look bad. And Jalen is like that. Just trust him. Even if he throws up, you know, some jump ball sometimes, man. I mean, well, you got to do a better job scheming these guys open. I'm just saying. And, you know, Jalen does have to do better at finding the open guy. I don't care. He makes mistakes. Jalen Hurts makes mistakes, yeah. But he, you know, he's a gamer. He's a gamer, and he's going to be there when you need him to be there. I mean, just look at Thursday. Tampa Bay was up 28-7. to Brady didn't even sweat until maybe late in the second quarter. He started making some questionable throws. And um, in the second half, they only scored seven points. They could have easily scored that touchdown at the end of the game 
in that last possession, but they chose to kneel out the clock because they were definitely moving down the field. Um, but that game was a big missed opportunity by the Eagles. They had no business the way the offense had been playing. Um, they had no business in that game. It was 28-7. to They had a great first possession. Then after that, terrible. They had no business in that game. But they were. 28-14. I mean, they got the score to 28-14. They finally start playing with tempo and giving the ball to Sanders. Whatever that possession was, I don't know if that was the possession to put them within 14 or possession to put them within six. Oh, I don't understand the whole two-point conversion when you're down eight um, right then and there. But, hey, whatever, it worked. Finally a good play call, you know. But Miles Sanders on that one drive where they were up-tempo and he was gashing the Bucks for big runs, I was like, why can't we do that all the time? Why can't we do that all the time? That should be the offense. And I saw them kind of do that against the Chiefs. I think, honestly, maybe that is their whole offense. Maybe they try to do that, but we're so bad on maybe third downs and the drive stalls so they can't get any rhythm or tempo. If you're not getting first downs, you're not, you know, you're not moving with tempo. The offense stalls. I see the offense is at its best when it's up tempo and it's mixing running pass and Jalen Hurts is using his legs. That's when the offense is its best. Man. And Quez Watkins is like that. I just love the Jalen Hurts to Quez Watkins connection. Oh my God, I'm looking at these stats. Jalen Hurts only had 115 yards passing. Bruh. I think he had he had two rushing touchdowns though. Man. Four rushing touchdowns in two games. Man. Um, it's just that with Jalen Hurts, as bad as he be playing, it's almost like Tebow S to me. He's still better than Tebow, but it's Tebow S to me how he just we just never out of it with him. We're always gonna be in the game. With Jalen Hurts. And I love it. And I absolutely love it. That's my guy. Um, I mean, after after what he did for my Sooners, it's hard for me to doubt him. I still believe he can do something. You know what I'm saying? I still believe he can lead my birds. Even though a lot of people don't. Including some of my favorites on Twitter. Like Terry Lynn. But it's all good, man. She cool, you know. She she's honest, and I and I and I love that about her. But um, yeah, we'll be fine, man. Um, birds will be fine. I'm telling you, this is uh the softer part of our schedules coming up. Got the Raiders, got the Lions, got the Saints. Like, come on. I know the Chargers will be a tough game, but it's winnable. I mean, I just saw the the Chargers struggle with the Washington football team. That's all I needed to see. They got blown out by the Ravens. Not, I mean, the Ravens are good, but don't forget 
they struggled with the Lions and they had to come back against the Colts. But I'll talk about that later, though. I'll talk about that later. But seriously, though, man, the Chargers and all that. And honestly, with the Chargers, uh, they're underrated defensive team. Or should I even say that? They got cooked by Cleveland. They got cooked by Baltimore. So I don't even know if that's true. It's just one of them things where I, it's, it's hard to get a read on the Chargers. But one thing is for certain, Keenan Allen's like that. Um, Mike Williams is like that. Eckler's like that. Cook is like that. And Justin Herbert is the future. So they're going to be tough to stop. But I think we got a solid enough defense, a defense that kind of limited Tom Brady and almost stole the game from him. I feel like, you know, they can get to Justin Herbert and we can at least make this a dog fight and maybe win that game too. That's what I'm hoping. But the rest of the schedule, I mean, come on, man. Are you serious? Do I have to say it? Do I have to say it again? I mean, the Raiders, Lions, Broncos, Saints, the Giants. The Giants, I, I know they're rivals and... It's gonna be. It's not gonna be an easy game, but we we should still be able to beat them because we're the better team. Barely, but we're the better team. Uh, the Jets, come on, come on. The Washington Football Team, like ours, come on, we got them. The Giants at home, like come on. The Cowboys at home, like if you don't do anything else, no matter how the season go, you gotta beat the Cowboys at home. I'm telling you, the birds. You better respect the bird. No organs, no organs, no organs. But you want to respect the bird because they're coming. And even though the Cowboys are three games ahead, it don't matter. Because you're still going to respect the bird for the last time. All right, and one last thing before I talk about the Cowboys Lane Johnson is my hero, man. I mean, what is he, what, two years older than me or something? I don't know. We were at OU at the same time. So he was at OU my first three years. My first three years at OU, he was there. Or I say two and a half because he got uh, drafted by the Eagles my sophomore year. About the end of my sophomore year, he got drafted by the Eagles. So, no, 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 no. It, it was my junior year. My junior year. About the end, end of my junior year, you got drafted by the uh, the Eagles. And my, my only real memory, my only two memories of him at OU is when I was on the team for three weeks, we was all playing basketball, the entire team. He was all playing basketball at the Huff. And he took the ball fast break, and he dunked it one hand. And I was like, what the? This is a tackle doing all this? And he did it multiple times. I was like, I've never seen a tackle that athletic. But it's D1 football. I mean, it's it's and it's top D1 football. So the athletes are ridiculous. But I, and my other memory was him missing a block against Notre Dame. And I was like, damn, bro, come on, man. What are you doing? But anyway, man, the reason why he's my hero is uh, 
what he said about coming back from mental health. Now, when I saw that he was out last week, I immediately assumed it was injuries because, you know, he gets hurt a lot. But, I mean, he has, like, nicks and, and bruises a lot. So, yeah, I assumed that was it. It said personal. It's like, okay. I immediately assumed, again, like, I assumed maybe it's something family-related. I automatically go to that. I was like, eh, it's probably something family-related. He comes out today and said, you know, he was struggling with depression and anxiety. and He needed a mental health break. I was like, I love it. And And what he said, what really got to me and what really made me choke up a little bit was when he said, if you're going through depression and, and anxiety, just know that you're not alone. And that really stood out to me. Is that, you know, when you're down like that, the tackle on your favorite team, a sooner, go through the same thing. One of your favorite players go through the same thing you're going through. And there's millions of others that go through what you're going through. So, you know, don't be afraid to uh, talk to somebody or look up to somebody that's going through the same things and see how they're dealing with it. So I I love what what he did right there, and that was very important. And he got a lot of support. And I'm glad he's back. I was like, you know, man, take as much time as you need. The birds are going to be okay. But what's most important is your health because – you know, that's you're a person first, you're a man first. So that's that's the most important thing. So I, I'm glad he uh, shared what he's going through and put out that message. It was really encouraging and definitely a pick me up for the week. Now, let me get to these these boys, these Cowboys. They're five and one. They're running away with the division and I'm scared. Actually, I'm not. Even if they run away with the division. Now, the way things are going right now, they'll win the division by Thanksgiving. And that is very, very scary. Until I realize that A, the Cowboys always choke. And B, they're not going to get out of the second round. The second round is their ceiling. Because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. They're going to have to play. I'm I'm telling you right now. In the second round, they're going to have to play the Cardinals, the Rams, the Bucks again. I mean, okay, the Bucks may not be as unstoppable as they was last year, but it's Brady. And you might have to play him in Tampa Bay again. You have to play Aaron Rodgers. You might have to play Aaron Rodgers. Like, not, not beating these guys, man. I don't think they can beat these guys. The Bucks were playing with them week one. I still think the Bucs are a better team. The Packers are a better team. The I mean, if the 49ers ever get it together, they could pose problems. I mean, if they get their quarterback right, they can pose problems to, to the Cowboys. But I don't know. The Seahawks, I, I don't think so. Um, but if they play like they did against Pittsburgh, even with Geno Smith, Russell Wilson will be back and they'll make a playoff run. I don't even know if they can beat them. Come on, man. And then, you know... Hey, it's still a long season, right? We still got 11 games left. It's a three-game three lead. 
And it, it, it's getting out of hand. The division is getting away from the Eagles in Washington. And the Giants are 1-5. and five. Uh, Washington's 2-4. and four. Eagles are 2-4. and four. I mean, Washington should be freaking 1-5, and five, but I'll get to that later. It's getting away from those teams. The Cowboys are running away with it. But I'm just like, I don't even think they're getting out of the second round. I, I just, I don't see it. I, I mean... I'm just thinking about it. I mean, who else is in contention? Yeah, I just don't. Because all them teams I just mentioned would beat them. And to be honest, man, whoever loses in the NFC West, you might have to play them. You might have to play them in the first round. At home, it's not going to be easy. Getting the loser of the Cardinals and the Rams is not going to be easy. That might be you. You might need that buy. And even then, you still might have to play one of them NFC West teams. I'm telling you right now, man. I'm still not all in on the Cowboys. Even though their offense is amazing, their defense has improved. I'm still not all in on the Cowboys. They should have lost to the Patriots. I mean, come on. That little blown coverage thing, it w- actually, it wasn't bad coverage. Like, okay, the guy did a double move. Trayvon Diggs, was, he was a step behind, but he wasn't that far behind. The safety looked like he was going to come in and smack that receiver. He goes for the interception and takes a bad angle. And next thing you know, uh, Kendrick Bourne, I think that's the guy who caught the ball, he's running scot-free for the touchdown. They made plays like that. They made a play like that and almost lost the game. But um, uh, what's the name from the Cowboys? Karen Williams had like a double penalty to put them in third and 25, and somehow they get 24 yards. The Cowboys get 24 yards on that. The Patriots are trash for that. Bruh, it just shows you that, you know, I don't know how the Patriots are in that game when the Cowboys are a better team. But the, the Cowboys is loafing, but the Patriots are so, like, mediocre at best that they allow a freaking third and 25 to be a fourth and one, and then the Cowboys kick a field goal, go to overtime, and then they win the game. And the Patriots had the ball first in overtime. That's what we was. That's what we're dealing with, man. Like the Cowboys last two weeks beat the Giants and the Patriots. Okay, Patriots are mediocre. Giants are trash, and they didn't have Daniel Jones. And you were struggling with them until they lost Daniel Jones. I'm not. I'm not all in on this hype. Second round exit at best. But I'll tell you this, though. I love me some C.D. Lamb, and he balled out. He balled out against New England and had the game-winning touchdown. To add injury to insult, it was against former Eagle Jalen Mills. And he waved him goodbye. I was like, damn, I can't even be mad at that. Jalen Mills all pushed him after the play and everything. I can't even be mad at that, man. But I'm not ready to hype the Cowboys and put them in the Super Bowl yet. Y'all crazy. Calm down. Now, let's get to the Washington sitcom. I mean, I should talk about the Giants, but, I mean, they got they got killed. 
38 to I knew they was going to lose to the Rams. But I didn't I wasn't expecting 38 to 3. Jesus. Um Washington sitcom. Listen. It this team never ceases to amaze me. You have Sean Taylor's retiring of his number in Jersey, right? I mean, you already, you know, renamed uh Sean Taylor Road, or whatever that road is that uh that crosses with 202. I, I don't I can't remember right now. But wherever that street is, that's Sean Taylor Way for all my DC folks, for all my Landover taking over folks. Uh <laughs> that's that street. Uh you already got that. And then now you're retiring his jersey and just listening to 1067 and fan and listening to all those fans that cared so much about this, that cared so much about Sean Taylor, they were heartbroken by the late notice of the team about Sean Taylor's retiring, uh, retiring of his number in Jersey. I, I just can't believe it. How did they botch this? Oh, it's the Washington sitcom. It's always some hilarious stuff happening with this Washington franchise. And then on top of that, you had Jackson Mahomes out here dancing on Sean Taylor's number because the freaking staff at FedEx Field put the Chiefs fans and his family that had on-field access on the number. You can't make this stuff up. These guys are hilarious. And then, oh, my God, that's off the field. That's off the field. I, I, you know, and I'll get to the John Gruden, uh, Bruce Allen thing. Like, ah, good Lord. But on the field, you lost to the Saints. You gave up a long, another long touchdown because you blew another coverage. I see that every week. They have like one of those a week. They had one against the Giants that should have been a for sure touchdown, but the Giants are so trash that Darius Slayton dropped it. And, you know, they should be one and five with the Giants. They should be one and five, and the Giants should be two and four because of that. But they're two and four. I mean, they shouldn't have beat the Falcons. They shouldn't have beat the Giants. They Honestly, they should be 0-6. But they're 2-4. The Saints, I mean, even with the Saints turnovers, I knew they were going to beat Washington because I knew they couldn't stop Alvin Kamara. I knew that the Saints had a solid enough defense to hold off Washington's offense. And Taylor Heineke, I hyped him up. He he is killing them with these turnovers. And he did it again against the Chiefs with critical turnover. He tried to do some screen pass. This man threw it right to the D-lineman. I mean, he threw it right to him like he was a practice dummy or something. What, what was that? This team is hilarious. And and how do you not take advantage of these Chiefs turnovers? Especially the Mahomes one where he looked like he was throwing a bouquet. You have got to be kidding me. 
This team is hilarious. And you know what? I might as well go into it now. Oh, and by the way, the if the Eagles don't at least split with this team, I'm going to be devastated. It's a lost season. Like, <laughs> I'm just looking at this team, and I'm like, are you serious right now? And if Taylor Heineke keeps turning the ball over, Kyle Allen is going to come in, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're going to end up seeing all three quarterbacks, just like that. Think I'm playing? Just watch. Anyway, man, this John Gruden email thing somehow traces back to the Washington football team. (laughs) Of course it does. Because John Gruden. So, okay. So he made fun of the the Maurice Smith, the soon-to-be-out NFL Players Association president or chief or whatever you call it talked about his lips had racial undertones with that said women can't really ref in the nfl and putting them in the nfl is pandering i might be paraphrasing <laughs> and you know he didn't like the uh, the michael sam thing a lot of people didn't a lot of people have these opinions but they're not john gruden they're not leader of leaders of men leaders of a national football team this is not good how can you divide a locker room like that with your comments and still be the coach he had to resign i get it it's hard to lead to lead those guys with so much division i'm sure some people in that locker room like is fine would have been fine with him staying on the team because of, you know, cancel culture and stuff like that. And him having time to, I guess, maybe grow and learn about his opinions. But, man, those are are some problematic opinions. I mean, I get not liking the Maurice Smith, but, dang, man, the personal insults is crazy, man. Can't even say it in his face either. Soft. And then the one about women, like, in the NFL, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for women who officiate. There's some really good female officials. And I haven't even seen all of them in football. It, there are some really, really good ones in basketball. I know that personally from personal experience. But in, in football, there's a lot more women officiating than I thought. It, I mean, you had a ton of them reffing in the XFL. You have a bunch of them in the NFL. I mean, I think he, I heard he said something about how they can't keep up with the speed of the NFL or they keep can't keep up with the game. But I'm like, don't y'all got all these old men reffing NFL football? I know if they can still keep up with the game, I know they can. That's crazy. Uh, The gay thing, I mean... Sure, maybe they shouldn't have showed him Michael Sam, you know, kissing his boyfriend on TV. But, you know, we, I, his representation matters, man. Representation matters. Him and Carl Nassif, 
representation matters because there are gay football players out there and they want to know that they can do it, that they can go to the next level even though they're gay and they're a minority in society. They still can, you know, grow up and be what they want to be despite being this minority. So that's why the representation matters. So that's why what he said was problematic. But um, it's, it's just accountability, you know. John Gruden is uh, highly respected in, in football circles. So he'll, he'll be back in football eventually. If, if, that's what it want, if that's what he wants to keep doing, he'll still be in football. But, you know, for now, he, he got to fall back because you can't be leading a locker room when you divide it with your comments like that. And your team isn't even doing well. <laughs> That's another thing. So, you know, let's just see what happens. Eh? Don't like the comments. And, of course, he sent these emails to Bruce Allen. And Bruce Allen is part of the whole Washington football culture that been that's been investigated by the NFL for bad workplace culture. And Bruce Allen got fired because, you know, the team sucked and <laughs> and all this stuff happening on and off the field. He had to go. It's just the Washington sitcom. Of course, of course, this comes back to them. Of course. Wow. Uh, NHL is back. And the Caps, you know, they lost to the Lightning. And there's no shame in that, honestly. The Lightning are the defending champs. I was like, maybe we can get this one because we're at home. But, man, Ovi got a goal, and he almost got another goal, but it got called back. I mean, controversial call, but what can you do? We gave up a goal late, and then we gave up a goal late in overtime to uh, Stamkos. I'm like, damn, bro, they'll let me down again. They let me down already. But, hey, hey. It's all good, man. It's a long season, and at least the season opener, they blasted the Rangers. I can't stand the Rangers, but they beat them 4-1. I mean, it looked like at first the Rangers, they got out to a fast start, but they just weren't getting the puck in the net. And the, the Caps, you know, they woke up, scored four goals, and I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Now, that's how you come out. And OV the great, I think he already has three goals. And now he's, like, fifth all-time. Hey, listen, I'm all for uh, OV catching Gretzky. I think he's he's at, like, 730-something, and Gretzky is at, like, 816. I, I might be wrong, but I'm, I'm waiting for him to catch Gretzky. I can't wait till he catches Gretzky, and I hope I'm there for it. I, I'm not going to lie. Them tickets probably going to be expensive when you do have a chance to uh, catch Gretzky. Uh, those tickets are going to be really expensive, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But hockey is back. I love how it's on TNT. I love how it's on ESPN again. Hey, man, it, it's it might give me hype to watch it. I mean, I haven't seen too much of it. I did see a little bit of that Chicago and Colorado game, and Chicago got killed because this isn't the early 2010s. Like, Chicago ain't like that no more. And Colorado is. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I see the divisions are back to normal. So, we got Carolina and Columbus back in the division with the Capitals. 
So uh, so we we go to Columbus twice, and they come here. I might go to one of them games. I'm, you know, one of those games are, is in March. I would love to go. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, the first game though is on November twelfth, and I'm pretty sure I'm I'm doing something and can't go. So <laughs> that's a Friday, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I got I got a ref. So uh, hopefully we win that game, but. No problem with Columbus. Can't stand Carolina. So, uh, at the end of the day, I hope the Caps do well. Um, and we got some young guy, uh, LaPierre. Apparently, Backstrom's hurt. So, he's playing. And he got a goal in, in the opener. <sighs> we'll see what happens, man. I, I'm, I don't know what to expect from this team. They're getting older. We've been out of the first round like the last three years after winning the Stanley Cup. I want to get excited, but I feel like I'm going to be disappointed at the end again. And I feel like I'm going to put up the cap cycle graphic once again. Hopefully not. Hopefully they can play like they did against the Rangers more often, especially against the division. Oh, and Pittsburgh's undefeated because, of course, they are, and they killed the Lightning. But that, that's okay. Man, they they choked too last year. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to beat up on Pittsburgh. Man, I can't stand them. Uh, let's see MLB playoffs. Uh, so the Giants. Oh, the Dodgers beat the Giants. Uh, that series was everything. I didn't even watch as much as that series if, as I wanted to, but. That series was everything I wanted and hoped it would be, and it came down to, like, the last inning, just like I hoped, in game five, Scherzer pitching. That's what I wanted. It was a dream come true, and the Dodgers edged it. I, I would have been cool if the Giants won, but the Dodgers edged it. They were just a little bit better. Uh, at the end of the day, the Giants, 10 runs all series. Yeah, uh if the pitching wasn't so good, they would have got swept. But, hey, their pitching kept a minute. It kept a minute in game five, but it wasn't enough. Uh, the Dodgers' clutch hitting was just too much. But, unfortunately, the Dodgers are down 2-0 against the Braves, a team I was preaching. I was on the pool pit all season saying the Braves were not that good. But these clowns take three straight from the Brewers after dropping game one. And then they turn around and get a 2-0 lead against the Dodgers. They get a walk-off in game one, and then they win by one in game two. And I'm just like, oh, my, you got to be kidding me, man. But let's not forget that this team was up 3-1 on the Dodgers last year, and the Dodgers came back. So hopefully what I'm, what I'm hoping is the Dodgers – take care of home field and take this series back because we can't have the Dodgers. We can't have the Braves winning the world series, even though everyone's going to root for Braves being an underdog against the Dodgers and then probably the Astros or the Red Sox, but probably the Astros. Um, They're going to root for the Braves, but no, 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 no. Anybody but the Braves, even the Astros. I'll take the Astros winning the title. I mean, because, you know, hey, uh, t- Texas beer goddess slash Sooner Witch. Hey, at least she'll be happy. I'll take that. 
<laughs> I'll take that. I mean, I don't have to be cool with Houston winning, but hey, she's gonna be happy. So that's that's one bright side, and it's not the breaks. So <laughs> I'd be cool with that. Um, what else? Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. The Red Sox beat the Rays. They want to get. They won three straight. Their bats came alive. Um, and they did tie the series against the Astros. I give them credit for that. But I think the Astros probably going to be too much. And hopefully we get Astros Dodgers. Hopefully you know the Dodgers stop playing around. And um, I'd be cool with the Red Sox beating the Astros. But if it's Dodgers Astros, I just want the drama. I just want the ratings. That's what I want. That's why I want Dodgers Astros. And we can't have the Braves anywhere near the trophy. On God. So we'll see. You know, hopefully I get to watch this a little more closely and you know speak on it next week. And hopefully by this time next week, we are getting Dodgers and Astros. <laughs> Seriously, man. Real talk. Now the WNBA. Real quick. So the Sky are the WNBA champion. Candace Parker came back home, and when she came back home, I smiled. I was like, that's pretty cool. She gets to come back home and do it for her team. I didn't think they'd win a title. I was like, Seattle, Las Vegas, Washington, the Myst- yeah, the Mystics, even Phoenix. I thought they were all ahead of the Sky, but they weren't. Not this year. Uh, the Sky really got hot in the playoffs. They didn't lose a home game. That was key. That was critical. Uh, how they played at home against the Mercury and the, uh, who they play? Oh, the Sun. The Mercury and the Sun. So how they played against them at home was critical. That's why I was telling, you know, the guy on Twitter that was asking me, will the Sky win the series? I was like, yeah, they've been a better team and they just don't lose at home. And yeah, and yeah, their, their fans packed the house. Uh, shout out to them. They were incredible. And, you know, led by Chance the Rapper. You know, all they were missing was Kanye West. But he's probably out doing Lord knows what, hopefully working on another album, but that's neither here nor there. Like Candace Parker said, Chicago showed up. Chicago showed up. And props to them. Uh, Kalia Cooper is the MVP because she was the most consistent. She only had 10 points in game four, but what she did in game one, game two, and game three, especially game three, was what got her to MVP. Um, game four, Ali Quigley, five for 10 from three, shot them in 50% in front of the field overall. Like, she was incredible. She was incredible. She had a 29 or 28, something like that. She was outstanding. And she's been my girl ever since that 2020. Uh, remember, remember during the pandemic when we were all on lockdown and they did that horse competition? Between all these uh, NBA and WNBA stars. Remember how she had that epic battle with Zach Levine? Yeah, she's been my girl ever since then. Like, I've had my eye on, on her and Courtney ever since. I even tried to play with them on WNBA, uh, on NBA 2K. So she went off. You know, she you know she's capable. She's a hell of a shooter. So she was the hero in game four, and that's what they needed. That came down to the wire. And, you know, you you wouldn't think that Phoenix Mercury with the series and the title on the line 
will lose a 14-point lead in the third quarter and an 11-point lead midway through the fourth. It's a head-scratcher, but hey, the Sky wanted it. They played defense when they needed to. They hit those big shots. Stephanie Dolson had a big layup. I mean, that's my girl, too. I mean, she was she was on the Mystics. So, glad she got her title as well. Uh, Candace, there was a there was a pivotal point when they were down 14. She scored five straight points, and that's what got them back in the game. You know, she you could tell that she's one she's the, the leader on that team, and she wasn't playing. You know that they had unfinished business, and they were going to close it out at home and not in Phoenix. So that's they did their thing, and they got that ring. <laughs> bars, bars. <laughs> oh man. You know, hopefully the Mystics can be in, in that situation again. If we can get everybody healthy, if we can get Misaman back and Diana to not Dan Trossi. I would love to have her on the Mystics, but she's going to stay with the Mercury. Uh, Elena Deladon and Tina Charles. and We got a good little team. So hopefully you know, the Mystics can be in that situation next season. And um, shout out to the Chicago Sky. They went out and took it. They were the number six seed, but in playoffs, you know, they knocked off Minnesota. They knocked off the number one seed, Sun, and then they beat the red hot Mercury with the GOAT, Diana Taurasi, who... I don't know what she was doing in this series. Like, she had some awful shooting numbers. One for ten. I think it was game three. She was one for ten. Or it was game two. One of them games, she was one for ten. It was game three. Game three, she was one for ten. Game four, series on the line, four for 16. Just got to hold her accountable. You know what I'm saying? Brittany Griner killed it. You can see why she was first team. All WNBA, Diggin Smith, same thing. Just inconsistent, bad shooting numbers. It's just they got outplayed. And Shea Petty coming off the bench, she was key in the uh, Aces series, invisible in the finals. So, you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they'll be back next year. As long as they got that core, they'll be back too. So, I'm looking forward to next season already. Uh, let's see if the sky can repeat, but it's going to be hard. Uh, they got a lot of competition. <laughs> oh, man. All right, next thing. All right, fantasy football schedule. Fantasy football standings. I'll just give the standings real quick. So, Simply Great is 3-2. and two, Look like they're going to be 4-2. and two. Uh, Goat Level Heroes 3 is 4-1. and one. Looks like they're going to be 4-2. and two. I need a miracle. Uh, I need a miracle because I'm down by, like, I'm down by like 50. I got two people left. I think Josh Allen and somebody else. Oh, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. I need them to put on a masterpiece in order for me to win that. And I can't see that happening. So I'll probably be four and two. Goat level two looks like they're going to be four and two. I think uh, I got Zach Moss left and they have uh, Manuel Sanders. Easy money. It looks like they're going to be 4 and 2. Goat level OG is 4 and 1, but I'm losing to my man Zach. Here we go again, just like baseball. Lord Jesus. Um he's he's beating me again in fantasy and I'm like, "Damn, bro, why?" But the shining light, the joy in the morning is that he has no players left and I have Derrick Henry 
and Tyler Bass. Tyler Bass, the kicker for Buffalo, who I'm pretty sure he's gotten me double-digit points before and could definitely do that again today with a shaky Titans defense. But I don't know because Derrick Henry destroyed the Bills last year, but the Bills defense has vastly improved. So I I don't know what he's going to do today, but I need a miracle. I need him to just – if he can get 30 points, I'd be fine, and then Tyler Bass could do whatever, and then that should get me to win. Uh, Let's see what happens. I'm up against it, but hopefully they come through. And Goat Level OG is the most important team because that's all my college friends in that one. Goat over Sheep, I am devastated that they're about to be 4-2, and and I lost to the last place a team, this girl named Ashley, beat me. And I'm just like, she's starting Geno Smith. And she beat me. It's a two-quarterback league. She also had Joe Burrow, just to give her credit. But I could not overcome my top three receivers having a combined 20 points. And also, she had Noah Fant, who went off. She had Khalil Herbert, who went off. And I'm just like, man, Uzoma, Uzoma had double digits. I still had a chance to win, but, you know, those guys didn't come through for me, my top three receivers. I'm just beside myself. The defense only had two points. I'm just like, man, you got to be kidding me. I lost to the last place, a last place. I was first place. Everyone else is three and two or two or three. I'm in I'm four and one. That girl I just lost to is one and four. So now I'm gonna come back to the pack. But I think I can still win the league. I mean, I guess that's karma for, you know, beating this guy who was projected to beat me by twenty and I end up winning by seventeen. I guess, you know, that came back to haunt me. And, you know, karma came back and I lost to the to the last place girl. But that that's a devastating loss, but it's okay. It's just fantasy and we'll be back. I'll be back. I have a good chance of winning this league. As long as Taylor Heineke keep low, stop loafing and get McLaurin the ball and Geno Smith sits on the bench as soon as possible so Wilson can get the ball to Tyler Lockett. Because <laughs> I don't think he has great chemistry with uh, Geno Smith and, it's not, and, it's, and this is not good. Uh, Washington sitcom two and three and might be two and they're two and two and might be two and three. If Josh Allen has a great game, uh, I'm only up 18 and Josh Allen is up and, uh, there's no promises that he's going to suck today. So I, I think I might take another L and this is crazy because this guy has two inactives and I still might lose. This girl that beat me last week and that's in first place had an inactive. Bro, how am I losing all these matchups with a league full of inactives and no one showed up to the draft and I'm about to be two and three? Are you kidding me right now? Fantasy football, it's like my man Zach said. It's kind of luck sometimes. It may be like it's a little bit of skill, but a lot of luck. This this proves it. There ain't no way I should be two and three. When no one showed up to the draft and everyone's starting in actives. You got to be kidding me. And of course, easy money is 0-5 and probably will be 0-6. That's my worst team. Uh, playoffs. Playoffs. We talking about playoffs? I just hope we can win another game. 
another game. And, you know, that's my fantasy football uh, team standings. I got seven teams, and that's how they look so far. Hopefully, I get multiple titles out of this, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know what how the cookie is going to crumble. <laughs> oh, my God. Some quick takes before I get into the Sooner Schooner. Uh, quick takes real quick. Uh, Lamar Jackson looked like he is standing out for MVP. Uh, he threw for like 400 yards against the Colts, a game I was interested in going to, but obviously faded it. I had no money and wanted to do lift. So, yeah, that was an easy fade. But he's doing well. He cooked the Chargers. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that was more of a, a big team win because he had way better stats against the Colts. Uh, Aaron Rodgers owned the Bears again. Uh, shocker. He always owned them. He always bodying them. He told them he owned them and did the discount, discount double check. Just retired. Like, he just disrespected y'all in your own house again. Did the discount double check. And told you he owned you. Damn. <laughs> I'm starting to like this guy more and more. And that's a shame because I spent like almost a decade not liking him. Because if you know the story. Well, I'll tell you right now. So they beat the Eagles in 2010. That legendary Eagles team that lost in the wild card. By a shoestring tackle of Deshaun Jackson. In a ridiculous interception thrown by Vic. They got lucky. Eagles should have beat them. And then they went on to win the title. I, I'm still not over that. And then they come back the next year, steamroll everybody, only to lose to the freaking Giants. Damn! Get out of here with that nonsense, man. You got to be kidding me. Those two things made me mad. And then I met a girl. She was a teenager at the time. Name Emily from Wisconsin. My good friend Emily. If you really know me, uh, you know you know who Emily is. So uh, we still friends. Um, met her on Ten Gauge. She's a huge Packer fan. We giving each other crap about each other's team. Not as much lately because we just doing our own thing. We don't talk as much. But yeah, she definitely made me really hate the Packers. Because we argue like brother and sister for years until I until I actually met her. And then I was like, oh, OK, she, she might be girlfriend material. But anyway, man, she was the source of my rage about the Packers. And all that combined of me disliking Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers this year, how he stood up against the Packers organization and then just him being hilarious against the Bears, and just him just being a really good quarterback, especially on Madden. I love playing with him in Madden. Just make me soften up a little bit on Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, the guy, I got to give him his respect, man. He liked that. But, you know, I would rather them lose to most people in the NFL. Still, still. Just saying. All right, but now it's time for a quick ride on the Sooner School. So Caleb Williams ended up starting. Shocker. 
Shocker. Of course. After what he did against Texas, how can you not start him? After what you've seen from Caleb, um, not Caleb, what you've seen from Spencer in the plays and the weeks leading up to that, how can you not start Caleb Williams? I don't even know why it was drama. Maybe because it was to throw TCU off, but my God, they were going to prepare for both quarterbacks anyway. Like we're doing way, we were doing way too much. And, you know, it got to a point where some journalism students had to look at practice with binoculars. Like, come on, man. Like, it's the worst kept secret ever. What are we doing? But he started against TCU. He was amazing. Barely single-digit incompletions. Four touchdowns. And he threw for like 300, another 300-something yards, maybe 400. I, I don't remember. I don't have it on me right now. I have the stats on me, but he threw for another four touchdowns. And um, the TCU fought like they always did, but Oklahoma was too much. This is how the offense is supposed to look. And if they can keep playing like this, we're going back to the playoffs, period. I'm looking at all these teams in playoff contention, and you have got to be kidding me. Iowa just lost. Iowa just lost. They lost to Purdue. I knew I jinxed it last week when I said they was going to run the table until the Big Ten title, and then they were going to get killed. Um, Nope. Nope. They didn't even make it that far. Purdue beat them. They should have lost to Penn State. They struggled with Colorado State. Like... Iowa was severely overrated. They beat Merlin because Merlin is trash. And I don't know why I hyped up Merlin. I fell for the trap. But I mentioned that before. But Iowa is overrated. And was never better than OU. I don't even know why I let the media even convince me that it was a possibility. And now, Cincinnati. Now, they blowing people out. I give you credit. They're beating people they're supposed to beat. And it's not even, these games aren't even close. But honestly, man, the best team that Cincinnati has played is Notre Dame. And they're overrated. Just like Iowa. So they're going to put Cincinnati number two, knowing damn well that OU would beat them. Oklahoma State would beat them. Alabama would beat them. Who else? Penn State would beat them. Yeah, they, they'd beat Iowa. Like they'll, they, They'd beat Iowa. Come on. Their, their offense is a joke. They got exposed. Their quarterback threw four interceptions. I mean, come on. Come on now. Stop fronting. And Georgia, I thought at some point we thought Georgia and Iowa would be a close game. Nope. That's cat. (laughs) That's cat. Stop it. Georgia would have destroyed them. And Georgia beat Kentucky, the undefeated Kentucky, Close at first, but then they were too much. Of course they were. Oh, and also Texas choked again. They had a 17-3 lead, got an interception around midfield with a 17-3 lead, and somehow still lose because they only scored seven points in the second half. Wow. Wow. Not that not good. I thought they were gonna easily beat Oklahoma State. Boy, was I wrong. Is Oklahoma State for real? 
are we falling for the trap again? Where people hype up Oklahoma State, then they lose to OU anyway. And they play their little hearts out against OU, and the hammer still comes down. Happens all the time, and I'm expecting it to happen this year. The game is in Stillwater, so we're going to have to fight for it. But we got this. Uh, also, uh, Baker versus Kyler. Uh, Baker got destroyed. They couldn't block that pass rush. Arizona's offense was too much. DeAndre Hopkins had two touchdowns. The, the Cardinals are just a better team at this point. It should have been a closer game, but it wasn't. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, congrats to Kyler and the Cardinals, and I hope Baker heals up and the Browns get back on track because all the Baker Mayfield disrespect has got to stop. Y'all disrespectful. You need to stop. You all cap, and I know you stay welling. So please stop. All right, here we go. It's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. We're still in the first round of the hypothetical game of the episode. Tournament, tournament, tournament. Yeah. So now is the second part of the top half of the bracket. The Milwaukee Bucks versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a game of kickball. So the Dodgers advanced last episode by beating the Aces in a paintball match. So awaiting, so there they will be awaiting the winner of this game, a kickball game between the two champs, pretty much, and the two major sports. Hey, it's gonna be fun, man. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. But for the Bucks, the Bucks got Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Gronk, Antonio Brown, uh, Dominican Sue, Levante David, Devin White. Antoine Winfield Jr. and Ryan Suckup. You got to have a kicker in a freaking kickball game. Come on. Um, <laughs> uh, the Bucks on the Milwaukee Bucks side, you got Giannis, of course, uh, Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Brooke, uh, Bobby, Poti- uh, Bobby Portis. George Hill, Rodney Hood, and Deontis, Antetokounmpo, uh, the older brother. I, I guess he is older. The older brother of Giannis. So here we go. So first inning, both teams three and out. Uh, Drew Holiday made an exciting diving catch on Brady to uh, start off the bottom of the first. So they both went three and out. So in the second inning, because uh, so the Bucks, the the Milwaukee Bucks kicked first. So uh, beginning of the second inning, Dante and Chris they both single back to back. So Bobby Portis gets the RBI. So now it's two zero. So just like that, so Bobby Portis brings both of them home. So now it's two zero Milwaukee Bucks. So they don't do anything the rest of the inning. So here comes the Bucks. Gronk gets on, and you know he yells and and screams. You you know how he does. He just real hype, and they go one two three after that. So it's still two zero Milwaukee Bucks. 
third inning, uh, Giannis and Doncic get on, and then they get stranded because um, they didn't do anything after that. Uh, Drew and Pat Connaughton, they didn't do anything. So they get stranded on base. Uh, yeah, they get stranded on base, but the Buccaneers come back. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. with a double. Ryan Suckup with a RBI, a pop single in the gap. He gets an RBI. Brady beats a throw to first, and Suckup goes all the way home. So now it is 2-2. 2-2. It's all tied up. So fourth inning, both teams, nothing going. Uh, Bucks had a great double play where Winfield caught the ball, ran all the way from the infield, from the outfield to make a credible catch and then and then he throws uh the runner out by throwing at his back hit him amazing play amazing play so boom still 2-2 after four uh fifth inning george george hill singles rodney hood doubles and Dionsis brings them home with an rbi Giannis. Giannis kicks a, a big one through the gap, scores two, tries to go for third, and he is out. A great throw. Great throw by uh by Devin White to get him out. So, so what happened here? So boom. So Giannis out at third, Drew flies out, and that's it. Um, so it's five two, five two. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, uh, nothing going for the Bucks at the end of the fifth. So then the sixth, um, Dante DiVincenzo gets caught trying to take two after after getting one in the gap. Uh, Chris Middleton singles and Lopez pops out. Uh, Ryan Suckup gets the third after a bad throw to get Tom Brady out. Gronk slide the second after a big two-run RBI. Uh, it's a nice kick in the outfield. Great line drive that that uh, hit fair. So he he yells and gets hyped once again. So now it's five four, Milwaukee Bucks. So seven inning, the Bucks do nothing again. So now the Milwaukee Bucks do nothing again. So now it's time for Tampa Bay to possibly walk off. So Sue gets a single. Levante David gets a single. Then Devin White beats the throw to first to load the bases. Uh, so Sue is out at the plate. Antoine Winfield kicks it right to the third baseman. And uh, but basically kicks it right to the pitcher who throws home. And boom, still bases loaded. But suck up, got out because of an amazing catch by Giannis. In foul territory. He dove on the ground everything. So, boom. So, now it is, what, two outs? Full count. Uh, Brady gets a full count. And, you know, it's 3-2. Bases loaded. But Brady kicks to the pitcher. Kicks to the pitcher. Just like, um, just like Antoine did. And he was easily out. And that's it. The Milwaukee Bucks win, win this kickball matchup and advance to face the Dodgers. 
and they will play uh, a superstar KO style flag football game for the right to advance to uh, um, the championship against whoever comes out of the other side of the bracket. Now, the other side of the bracket, you got the Tampa Bay Lightning and Houston Dash, and you got Sooner Softball versus Columbus Crew. Uh, Sooner Softball and Columbus Crew will be next. The game is to be determined, but for now, that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode in Psych Alive. Sooner Softball and Columbus Crew will be playing dodgeball. And, you know, stay tuned for that. I got the Sooners winning, but we'll see what happens. They they may win. They may not. We'll see. But for now, that's a hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.